0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we get an update from Christy for March 2022. So we haven't caught up in a little while, and we're actually meeting a little a little bit late, which is totally fine, but I I don't even know the, the numbers or anything that's going on, and we have some things to go over for today. So Christy, first of all, how's it going? What have you been up to?
1: Hey, uh, good to see you. It's, um, yeah, it's coming off of a week of travel to San Diego, actually. And so that's why we're recording a little bit late. And I came home to snow. So,
0: gotcha. typical. And we'll have to catch up later. I think we're going to uh, San Diego soon. Oh, cool. And did you go for like a vacation fun trip? Yep. Awesome. All right, yeah. So I'll ask you about that later because that won't be interesting uh, for other people so oh, much. i got some but- thoughts. Perfect. We haven't been before. And basically I was like, oh, I think we're gonna go to Hawaii this year, but it's like so expensive to fly <laughs> yeah, to stay there that I was like, we could go to somewhere else and basically mm-hmm. do everything we could dream right. of for as much as it cost to just <laughs> exactly. get to Hawaii and where we were trying to go. So anyway.
1: Oh good, good. I have thoughts. I have places for you to stay.
0: Perfect. Okay. So what's been going on with the site? Give us a little bit of an update for March. We could talk about traffic, um, other metrics and analytics that you typically look at.
1: Sure. So March ended up uh, 5,700-ish, and that makes for the year 15,000 that it's brought in in the first three months and then traffic wise tipped back over 100,000 for the month so that was good ended up at 102,000 and then for expenses this was kind of the whopper um i had 6600 in expenses this month and that brings the year to 11,500 so definitely is slimming my my profit margin to do all the new content and things we can get into that but that's kind of where the numbers ended up for this month.
0: Got it. And uh, if you happen to remember, how does that compare to March of last year? To give us some kind of a benchmark. Sure. March... If you don't of- have that handy, that's okay. I didn't tell you I was going to ask that.
1: <laughs> You're good. March of last year ended up at uh, 6,000 and 103,000 in traffic. So... It's close um, with the caveat that about $600 of this time was course sales. So as far as just ads in Amazon, it's down um, from last year. And almost all of that is Amazon.
0: Got it. Okay. And that's exactly what I was going to ask. So traffic was down like less than 5% compared to a year ago, but the earnings are down more like... 10% or 15 or something like that. Okay. Got it. And as far as the expenses, those are uh, typically much lower. So generally, what were you spending? And then talk about what the expenses were spent on.
1: Sure. So currently, I'm in the midst of the, you know, the big content sprint. And so while I'm not surprised that it is higher, it is also a bit of a bummer to see like, oh, I spent more than I made this month. Mm. (laughs) So because I haven't done this much of a sprint in such a short period of time, like that hasn't been a factor before. So that's happening. Um, But we were able to put out, it'll be 80, 80 posts that are new by the time we're talking now. Um, So that is, a pretty decent amount. The most i've ever done at once was about 85 and that took a couple of months. And that was like way back in the beginning.
0: Got it. So those 80 posts over what span of time did you publish those?
1: I think it's been well since the beginning of the year. So okay. 80 since the beginning, but most of them have been in the last probably 6 weeks.
0: Okay. So so pretty pretty fresh uh mm-hmm. pre- pretty new and did you happen to check to see how many of those are indexed in Google on the search console? Is that something that you check on to see? I have when not. Are? Okay.
1: I have not. Yep. And,
0: and I think typically in the past, like your stuff on your site is indexed pretty quickly. You have a lot of backlinks, you have a lot of traffic, mm-hmm. and you internally link pretty well. So, of course, you I have do. a sitemap going, right? So. Th- Google knows when you publish new stuff. so
1: And every new post that I do, I mean, it's not like I link it 80 times, but every new post has, you know, an extra section at the bottom where we curate links to other posts internally. And then I also add at least two to three internal links to any new article that I put out. So everything is linked internally, which is good.
0: Okay. And it sounds like, just to confirm But it sounds like you're not getting any new traffic from those new articles. So how does that, um, how are you viewing that?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I know that it does take a while with Google. I think where I'm struggling a little bit is just feeling like the site is declining or that I'm only inputting new content in order to maintain what I had. And that's a bit of a harder sell for me when I think about dumping a bunch of money into it. Um, then again, like when I did the first sprint of 80 articles, like way back in the day, I was not feeling that way. I was perfectly happy to sit and wait. So it's one of those games where like your expectation changes as every year gets a little bit higher. So now I'm in the spot where I'm like, Hmm, you know, it earned nine K in November. That was nice. Where'd that go? So that's kind of the mindset now.
0: Okay. Well, that said, did you have expectations on how much more traffic you would get by publishing new articles and by when it's because obviously you're saying your expectations didn't line up. So it sounds like you had something different.
1: I mean, I had hoped to be by this point in the year for any reason, I would have hoped to be consistently around like 5k a day in traffic. Um, and I'm maybe like high threes. So yeah, I'm just not seeing the trend lines that I have in the past, which makes me a little nervous.
0: Okay. So, and so you're saying you were expecting to see 5,000 visitors today, but you're seeing about like 35 to 40 yeah, 38 or something. Yeah. All right. And that, so you were hoping to be at that point, but does that line up with the, Amount of content that you published and when you published it.
1: Does that so make I wouldn't sense? say yeah, it does make sense. I wouldn't say that I would expect the new content to all be baked on Google by now. Um, I would have expected looking back at past traffic and seeing what I earned with the same amount of traffic, the earnings would have been better. Got Just it. with the amount of content I literally have today. Got so it. it's a little hard to know like maybe the new content is starting to work but maybe old content is falling off so it's a little bit hard because you know there's like some holes in the bucket and traffic is flowing out but there's also probably some new traffic flowing in so
0: right the other piece you highlighted that your amazon revenue is going down so one thing to look at is what is ranking and what is getting traffic? So my hunch is, if we looked at the data and the analytics, you would see some of the posts that are product review focused are getting less mm-hmm. traffic than they did, and may- maybe you're actually like getting, you know, t- traffic to other places, and it's sh- shifting around more than we think, mm-hmm. and then it's making the the revenue go down. So is that something that you look at? You're not big on metrics or looking at data.
1: I know I'm not. Um, I haven't looked at that as much. I would just say in general, it makes me feel better about the fact that I'm doing mostly info content for the new, the new posts, because if Amazon is not growing, then I'm really glad that I'm not doing several hundred buyers and 10 posts, you know? So at least I'm growing the side of the business that I feel like is doing well, which is the ads.
0: If you saw that there were like 10 posts that used to bring in a lot more traffic and probably a lot more money. Would you want to, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm just Mm -hmm. curious with you personally, like, would you want to go back and get more traffic, improve those articles so you could earn more on Amazon? Or are you thinking, Hey, I just want to like, I'm not even going to worry about those. I don't want to look at the rankings. I don't want to look at the data. Mm -hmm. I just want to, you know, keep it simple and publish informational articles.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we talked a little bit about this, but the flip side of improving existing content, which I've put on the back burner to do new content, is now something that I'm revisiting and thinking, well, maybe I use some of the writers that I've hired to go back and add FAQs and do that kind of stuff to some of those existing posts. So that maybe at the same time I'm waiting for new articles, I can also be refreshing those in the eyes of Google. And maybe recapture some of that. There's also probably some seasonality that we just haven't had enough traffic to notice in the past. So I think that's probably happening as well. Um, but it does, it's just been a good reminder that I don't want all of my eggs in one basket, right? I don't just want to be an Amazon site. I don't just want to be an ad site um, because you never know when one of them is going to go down. So yeah, it's just been a, a good reminder that When I do new content, like I want to make sure it's mostly info and just a couple of strategic buyers and tempos.
0: Thanks a lot to Otis Global. That's O-D-Y-S. They sponsor these and they make it possible. And Otis is the source for premium age domains. And the featured domain for today is ripplesadvisory.com. And this is a seven year old domain. There are quite a few referring backlinks. We see, uh, I think, uh, in, in the hundreds for the just all of the referring domains 705. And if we look at the do follow, it is a little bit fewer at 124, but still quite a few. And this was kind of an interesting domain that it basically was about stock market tips and other financial advice. Of course, the financial services industry is ultra competitive and it's one of those, well, literally your money or your life situations. So if you already have a site in the financial space, it'd be a great one to check out and redirect. Otherwise, if you wanted to start in the space, it'd be a great way to get a leg up, especially if you were focusing on specifically like stock tips and that sort of thing. And I think, you know, for me personally, I'm not a stock market person. You obviously would need to be very careful about giving uh, maybe financial advice or anything like that. But if you were in the finance space in general, it's something that you could use to your advantage and have this history behind it in general the other piece is you of course could could sort of pivot and go to other areas which are more trendy at this point in time maybe something like crypto or some of the specifics around that so Check out Otis, that's O-D-Y-S. If you join using my affiliate link, you can get $100 into your account and I might get a commission if you do buy anything in the future. And thanks a lot to Otis. Again, they make these possible. Yep, and you gave us a couple good jumping off points here. So you published a lot of new content and I would say at least give you know the articles a couple months, and Mm -hmm. we can look very easily in analytics, see the stuff that you just published, and then see if they're getting more traffic and assess if that's working and pivot from there. But I would say, you know, most of it is less than a month old, you said, Mm -hmm. or six weeks. So a good majority of it, like just published, sometimes it takes a couple weeks for it to index even sort of on a faster basis. So it could take a little while, I would make an assessment until you give it more time. It's really tough. Because the the lagging indicators are, well, of course, they're lagging. So it yep. takes a little while. The jumping off point is you talked about one of the other pieces of work that you're looking at and potentially shifting. So that improving existing content, which you haven't done a ton of in the past. And how much are you looking at doing in, <laughs> in the near future?
1: Yep. So ideally, my goal would be to touch 100 pieces of existing content, um, some of them may not need that much. It may just be adding an additional product or kind of fleshing out pros and cons of things, adding a couple of FAQs that, you know, have internal links to other posts. So it's not quite as daunting as new content. Um, it's just something that's been on the back burner more so. And now that I have a content process in the content manager that is working really smoothly for new stuff, I think I could revisit it and say, you know, Hey, could we put three of these people on improving existing content? And maybe we just split the difference and some of them are doing new and some of them are doing improvements.
0: I like it. Yeah. And I think splitting, splitting them up will be good. We were talking before we started Mm -hmm. and we don't know which is going to, you know, quote, be most effective most quickly. But improving existing content is a really good idea. We've talked about it a lot in the past. I just interviewed Marty McLeod, and he talked Mm -hmm. about recovering traffic from a site that lost about, I think it was 30% and slowly over time, like he went through pretty methodically. Now, for uh, reference, you're going to improve about 100 articles, which is roughly about 20% because there's, um, you know, 400 some odd articles, uh, at least when we were looking at the data. So you're aiming at, we're 80-20ing this. Yep. just to keep it simple. And that'll be a great start. And there's a good chance that when you do add more content, especially the FAQs to some of those existing posts that are already ranking, you're probably going to get more traffic pretty quickly. So I would say, right. you know, if you could engage the writers as quickly as possible, that would be best.
1: Yep. I agree. Mm-hmm.
0: Anything else on the content improvement area?
1: Uh, just that, you know, despite my minor whining about, you know, traffic and lagging revenue and whatnot, um, the process of it is going really well. So I do want to call that out. Like that took a fair amount of time to kind of set up and train someone to be a content manager and get 12 writers hired and, you know, do trial posts for everyone and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's going very well now. And I really like uh, the lady that I hired. And so I do feel like if I said, Hey, I want to, you know, take three of those writers and have them on this project instead, she would be able to just totally run with it. So really important to find people that actually make your life easier.
0: That's awesome. And remind us, how much do you pay your content manager, editor, person?
1: So currently I had planned on about a hundred hours worth of work and 5,000. We've already gotten that far. <laughs> so now I'm planning on, you know, more than that. I don't know how much that's going to be, but I may just lower the number of new articles that I wanted to do. And yeah, cause she's, I mean, she's worth it to me. She's taking a yeah. ton of my plate. So
0: so 50 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And she used
1: to write for me. That's how I found her.
0: Okay. So you promoted from someone you worked with for a while and you you always pay. Some people are probably like, we have a wide range of uh, Mm -hmm. listeners and such. So some people are thinking 50 bucks an hour, that is 10 times more than I would want to pay. But you're hiring someone who is not only qualified to do the work, but is sort of an expert in the industry area. So that Cost more, no matter Correct. what. And,
1: and been- from Upwork, you know they lose twenty percent. So right. what she takes home is forty bucks an hour.
0: Gotcha. And uh, yeah, so some people are like that's way too expensive, and then there's other people, and then who- after
1: taxes, yes.
0: yeah, like so, and, and you're it's a U.S. based person or uh, mm-hmm. at least North America or whatever. So yeah. okay. And any tips for people that are thinking about hiring a content manager? Many folks, and I'll put some context with this. A lot of people are thinking, this is the piece where I add the most value. No one else can format a WordPress article the way I can. Which, <laughs> which, which, that sounds like a dumb sentence. No offense to anyone. that yeah. says that. says I used to think the same thing. Yeah. But um, I know there's some resistance to let go because mistakes are going to be made just right when you when you let go of control and you end up with more freedom somewhere else there's going to be little mistakes that happen but they're probably going to be okay so any tips for people
1: yeah it is really just allow it to be different than it would have been if you did it so you know at to some extent it goes through my content manager then it goes through my dad who edits things for me so by the time it gets into wordpress without me two people have already seen it who know you know, the niche that I'm in. Um, so I really tried not to read it right now. You know, I look through it. I do a couple of formatting tweaks. I do a couple of pieces, you know, the internal linking and stuff, because I know what's on the site. And then I try not to read every word and just be like, you know what, it's going to be good enough.
0: Yeah. Once you let go It's, uh, it feels pretty good. And there's literally, I was just thinking back when I first did this, did did the same thing where I like hired a content manager. I read the first couple sentences for almost everything at first. Mm -hmm. And then later on, like there were hundreds of articles. I never even, uh, I just like skim them like the headlines at best. And then one of the sites I have now, I've probably only read 2% 2% of the words yeah. on the whole site or something like that. I mean, it's once you let go, you, you don't have like, it's a piece of your brain that just like, all right, well, I guess I'm relinquishing yeah, some with, control
1: with other stuff already. Yeah. Well, and I've just noticed that, which a lot of people might be this way too, but like I write for a living. I feel like I'm pretty good at it and I am nowhere near as fast as the people that I've hired. You know, like I literally just am not a fast writer comparatively. So to get this much done, like this would have taken me all year.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I I can't do it.
0: (laughs) And, uh, how many writers do you have again?
1: It's about 12 now.
0: 12. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So you're going to improve, uh, some content. Um, what'll be very interesting to track the data on that over the next, I would say like, three months or so to see what happens. So you have courses as well. So this was the other jumping off point. This is, you know, last year I steered you into digital courses, selling your own products. Margins are really high, whole other set of things to learn. There were some rocky points here and there, but you did launch Mm -hmm. one course, um, I think in November of last year, and then you've relaunched it uh, here recently. So how did that go? And then you have another course on the horizon. So... Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. So when we launched, I think we sold 12 and our plan now is to do a quarterly promotion for about a week and we sold six or seven in March. So we'll do it again in July. Um, Where I get stuck on those is that I'm currently paying 120 bucks a month for Teachable um, to get like, you know, the affiliate capability and all that kind of stuff. And at this point I, you know, wrote the gal who helps me with that stuff and was like, we got to downgrade. Like I can't be paying 120 bucks a month for courses when we might sell six. Like that doesn't even pay for her a year of teachable, you know? So I'm having her look into like, can we go to the 30 buck a month plan? Like, is that an option? Even if we lose some stuff, if we don't have quizzes, will we survive? We'll probably survive.
0: Right. Okay. I like that. And what what was your target for the launch in March? Did you have an idea?
1: I really had no idea. Hmm? Okay. All I can say is our email list is coming up on five thousand people. So yeah, I don't know. I guess I just assumed that it might be more consequential to the overall revenue. You know, like it would have tipped the scales more. Um, And so far, it's kind of like an extra thing every once in a while. But it, it hasn't been like life changing for the revenue of the site, I would say.
0: Is there anything that you think that you should be doing with it? Or like, what, why do you, what's the, what's holding you back for selling more courses? Do you have any idea?
1: I don't really have any idea. Like I have someone who helps me with all the emails. We do the quarterly promotions. Like she sends out a drip campaign. We do it on social. It's out there on the site all the time. Um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. For me, it's not been something I've really enjoyed doing. I don't think it was wrong to try it, and it's probably still a good idea because if Amazon ticks down a good thing to have. Um, once I have two courses, it might be slightly more impactful. Um, part of it is just that I'm paying so much for the system to have it alive in the months when I'm not selling it. So that to me just feels a little silly. Right, right. So if I can get that down to, you know, 30 bucks a month, I'll probably feel better about it. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. And that, and I don't know, I don't use teachable, obviously uh, many of them are uh, good pieces of software and such. So was the big piece, uh, the affiliate capability? Was that the
1: affiliate quizzes, just like some extra functionality stuff that we thought we'd want to use. Okay. Um, but I would just say it's not worth it to me to have a quiz at the end. If I have to pay 90 bucks a month for it,
0: I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. And you know, part of this. That's
1: two articles, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which you're wondering if you should even publish new articles. Uh, you know, I'm just having a
1: moment. I'm having a moment, guys. Everything's fine.
0: So the the observation, and I, I, we've talked a bunch about the courses, and like it took me like a year to eighteen months to figure out how to launch a course properly, mm-hmm. and it was through like testing. And the testing cycle is like a month or something, mm-hmm. and then you can't retest it for a little bit longer, right? So you're doing it every quarter, so it takes a little while. And I you know one thing we could look at offline is like your launch sequence and how you did the warm-up emails. This is something mm-hmm. I haven't really covered too much, but one of my other friends, he was launching a course, you know. It was something he kept talking about, and I was like, I, I basically challenged him, like, "Hey, all right, launch the course you've been talking about it for like two oh, years. Oh yes,
1: I remember this. Yeah.
0: So he he did, and it was you know kind of what you're saying. It's like ah, it's so much work. Like mm-hmm. I just want to do the stuff that I have been doing before, and you know what? I, like I'm not pressuring anyone to do it. If you, if one thing that I'll mention in a second is just. Um, completely opposite from what I'm talking about, but basically it takes a little while to figure out. So if you hear these success stories or like what I've done over the past mm-hmm. seven years and you're, you're like, oh, I'm going to try and do this the first time there's, there's no way it, like things just take a long time. Yep. And sh- you certainly you're like people could do it faster. If you bring in other um, skills that help you sort of accelerate the process you, you mm-hmm. can do it faster it doesn't have to take a year or 18 months but typically it's kind of a grind like anything else so he was trying to figure out how to launch it more effectively so it's a it's the piece that's really hard to do and it takes forever to test right. and you, you can you know, watch webinars and people are like, do this, do that, do that. But you never know until you work with your specific audience and all those examples are cherry picked. So it's like they didn't show you the other 50 people that like did the exact same thing and it didn't work for them. They only show you the good ones. Yeah. It's
1: just, yeah. It's made me wonder a little bit if the audience that I've gathered are people that want to be buying anything. Right. And if they're not then, okay, I need to do other stuff.
0: (laughs) Yep. And one of the, you know, so we've done a long series. So people, if you are just catching up, you can go back and listen to like all the episodes last year, some of the ones this year. And, you know, at this point, it probably wouldn't have mattered too much, but I always, and I've talked about it so much, like always pre-sell your course. Don't develop it first because you started yours developing the whole course first, and I think you spent like two thousand bucks or twenty. So, like, you're still trying to hit like an ROI positive from mm-hmm. like last year for this one segment of the yep. revenue and, and expenses, and then you have a second course which you've also put a decent amount of money into, right? So, again, you didn't pre-sell it. You're like, I want to mm-hmm. have a finished product before I sell it. You're old school, like uh, sure. you you wanted to do it that way, so it puts you in a position where you're like, Oh fuck, this is like a waste of money here instead of pre-selling it. Yeah. And you're like, this worked or it didn't work. So any thoughts okay. on it?
1: Yeah, I guess I agree on the flip side. What makes me think maybe my audience doesn't buy things is that like, we also have had the course directory, right? Which is, tons of different topics, tons of different courses. Like, and if they're not buying those either, I'm just kind of like, then you're not buying courses, (laughs) right? Like, I just don't feel like, like, it's not necessarily the topic. I don't, it's not necessarily the price point. Like there's stuff in there that we've talked about or emailed about to see if we could get, you know, upticks in specific courses that aren't even ours. Right. And it's like, no, if you're not going to spend 30 bucks, then why am I investing in courses? Like I should just go publish other content and put ads on it. Sure. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know if it's the, I don't think it's the topics because they don't buy anything.
0: Right. Well, <laughs> so, the, so yeah. couple, you could be a hundred percent, right. And you, actually, you just made the argument for pre-selling versus like developing a, a product ahead of time before, you know, if they're going to buy it. However, you did bring up a good point with the course directory. And that was one where it was like, ah, Mm -hmm. like you could test, right? There's a, certainly a a business model where you come in, let's say it's software, right? Let's say it's keyword Mm -hmm. research software. And you're like, ah, like, could I develop a a SaaS product, keyword research tool? And instead of developing the tool, you could say, all right, there's all these products on the market. Why don't I see if people are buying them? Mm -hmm. And then if they do and it converts well, then you're like, oh, I can just put my own product in the mix and develop it. Mm -hmm. And I know I've proved the model, blah, blah, blah. The hard part with the course directory, the knowledge directory Mm -hmm. is I'm not sure if the right traffic or enough traffic was getting to it to like prove or disprove that people were buying or not buying. Right. And the only way potentially, th- this is all like, um, you know, in hindsight, we're looking back, like how, mm-hmm. how could we do it differently in the future? And it could be like, Hey, I got a bunch of traffic on my site. And then you contact all of the course folks and you're like, all right, what kind of conversions do you see? Can you share any like sales mm-hmm. data? Have your affiliate sales gone well? Can you share anything else? And really, I mean, you'd be an affiliate. So asking those questions Mm -hmm. wouldn't be like out of line, but really you're kind of doing like market research for the future. So in hindsight, we probably could have spent more time on that. And then if not, everyone's going to tell you, like you may get very small amount of information, but Mm -hmm. enough to like say, ah, do I want to even screw around with this? But the good part, and this whole situation is now you have the skills to develop a course and you've like worked mm-hmm. with the tools. So there could be something in the future that you work on. So,
1: and the other piece that I feel like we maybe didn't talk about in this, just like testing the waters, like it did also put out guides, right? That were like nine bucks. So, like that was the very first thing. And it's been fine, but it's also not, I wouldn't say it's consequential. Right. right. Which is just another data point that makes me be like, I don't know if they want to buy stuff. Yep. Like yep, my yep. traffic may not be people that want to buy stuff.
0: And that could be totally, yeah, that could be absolutely true. And that is, I mean, it goes back to like keyword research and who's on your site mm-hmm. and, you know, they want to buy products, right? You've earned quite a bit right. from mm-hmm. Amazon over the years, but like digital courses are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And depending on, you know, to zoom out depending on the industry, maybe people want to learn online. Maybe people Mm -hmm. want to go to small group classes, right? Um, Maybe they want to do both, but it's not the same, you know, set of uh, keywords that they're using or something like that. So, Mm -hmm. okay. Anything else on the courses here?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I'm not upset that I did it. I'm not in love with it. Right. (laughs) But I think part of that may also just be all of the surrounding things. Like I'm juggling a bunch of other stuff too. And it may just be that learning how to do courses is just another thing that I have to like put on the list, you know? And the list is kind of long. Yeah. So <laughs> I different. may not be feeling the love for it that in a different year I would.
0: And just to, before we move on from the the courses and talk about the other stuff on your list. So let's say you're just selling maybe like, we'll, we'll take the difference, right? You're selling eight per launch, four times mm-hmm. a year. So that it could be, you know, three, $4,000, which should be much less than what you're paying for the software.
1: Especially and, by that point, hopefully.
0: Right, right. So it may not be like a a huge, uh, area, but it's at least it's another place that you're earning some money and it's something, I mean, I, if you're selling, if you're selling a handful, that's probably good. Like that's a start. Like Mm -hmm. whenever you try to sell something and you only sell like zero to two or so, Mm -hmm. then you're like, Oh, this is clearly not a match, but you've sold like you know, 18 right. of them total or something like there's something in there and it could be a tweak or a series of tweaks where you improve it just enough to where you're selling, you know, 15 per launch. Right. You know, you like, good about that. I feel like an abstract
1: number in my mind I would have been happy with is like 20 per launch. Right. Then I would have been like, huh, real.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then you throw in a second course that complements it in some way. <laughs> and then you end up with like, okay, you could do eight lunches per year between the two courses. It pulls in some extra money and then you're talking like, you know, 15, 20,000 bucks or something like that, which is enough to offset, you know, of course any of the costs, but you're like, this is clearly a good use of time. So,
1: and it's, you know, it's content I can use forever. It's not like it's going away. Um, so whether I sell four of them this year or 40 of them next year, like I don't have to redo the content. The thing that I think would probably be the easiest win to make it more appealing would be adding a bunch of video content, which, you know, I'm really just not interested in doing, but there may be a different way to do that, right? Maybe I can hire someone in my niche to do it and be like, here are the 12 topics I need. Make me videos about them. That's fine. Um, But that would be a fairly easy thing if I were not doing it to do it next year and then relaunch it and be like, now it's written content and video content, right? Like a lot of people really want video content and I really don't want to do it. Um, but I understand if that's what they want. Like I do too. I love video content. It's great. You know, I personally don't want to make videos.
0: So maybe you can check with the people that did purchase the course, or maybe if there's a way that you can see who clicked to see the sales page Mm or didn't buy and maybe like do a little survey and say, Hey, If I did add video, what do you think? Of course, it's only as good as like whatever. Like surveys don't work that well (laughs) sometimes. Right, I agree. Hey, why didn't you buy? They're like add video, and then why are you talking to like you you didn't buy? You didn't buy it. I added the video. You said you were were going to buy it, but you know if you don't, if you shape the questions a certain way, you end up getting like an answer that they think you you want to get. So anyway, um, as we are winding down Mm -hmm. here. What else are you working on? You, you are on vacation. You did allude to being pretty busy and you're like, Mm -hmm. ah, this is, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm burning out here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I am. I think just burning out a little bit on the goals that I set for myself, which is a constant struggle because they're fake goals. It's not real. It's not a real (laughs) deadline. It's not real, you know, but to me, I'm like, Oh, I'm not doing it. You know, I'd have to be at 115 articles a month to hit. The, yeah, I would have no life left. I would have no time. Like, that's not worth it. Um, so one of the things that I plan to do is explore another different kind of revenue, which would be putting out like a little media kit, right? And seeing if I sell a couple of things more direct to companies, Um, whether it's, so Mediavine now, which they didn't used to do, allows you to do like direct selling. It used to be against their terms of service and you'd get kicked out and it was a whole thing. Now you can send companies to a special link to yours and they can basically buy into your ad sales Mm -hmm. through Mediavine. So everybody plays nice. So that's an option. Plus there's things like sponsored emails, sponsored product posts, et cetera, which is not an avenue I've gone down, but I think that we have the numbers to probably make it worthwhile to some folks. The other thing I've thought about is offering paid emails to the people that have courses on our directory. And instead of me just for free promoting other people's courses, I might turn that into a paid offer. So if you would like to be featured, Then here's the template that we use and here's the content I need from you. And it's, you know, a couple hundred bucks or whatever. So that's something I'm thinking about. Um, a lot of people in my niche do that. So I'm not opposed to that, especially to kind of supplement Amazon right now. So that's something that feels like low hanging fruit. And if it doesn't work, I'm not out really any money either. Mm -hmm. So it just seems kind of easy.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like those, those are pretty easy to uh, test and then it doesn't necessarily yep. rely on the conversions and stuff like that.
1: Oh, and one other thing that I forgot we were doing until my, my girl sent it back to me. and was like, this is ready. And I was like, Oh, I forgot we were doing it. Um, she made like an email drip, uh, like a drip course, like a mini, like uh-huh. a super mini. And it leads to our course topic at the end. So it's like, you know, a mini little email course that people use to get people to subscribe to their lists and all that kind of stuff. So we haven't done one of those before. So that'll be a first and we'll just see how it goes. Um, but that's another kind of low hanging fruit piece I feel like. So a couple of new things coming.
0: Okay. And it's like, like you said, it's a mini course that leads to your, so it's the pre sale Like
1: it's your like five ways to improve your traffic over, you know, the quarter or whatever. And it's like a five day email course. And then you're done.
0: Okay. And then it like leads into,
1: right. Cause the topic is related to our course. So the last like bonus email is like, if you want to continue learning about this, here's a great way.
0: Okay. Perfect. Yeah. That's what I do with mine. We probably talked about that. So yeah, it like gets people primed. So it helps them out. But then the next thing to do would be like, Helps them
1: out for free, yeah. but then, you know,
0: cool. Got it. So, yeah, we'll see. All right. And on the, on the goals, I know we are at the end of time here, but on the goals, one thing that I've done, because like you, you know, you're you'll set up goals. Actually, I think you're a lot more uh, goal oriented than I am, especially <laughs> yeah. nowadays, but I've I stopped setting goals because it like basically just keeps driving you forward in mm-hmm. like a in a way that I wasn't enjoying as much. It was fine for a while, effective in certain ways. But like if you set your goals in a certain way, like you're supposed to in air yep. quotes, then yeah. you fail or you you do well. And mm-hmm. um, if you keep you know, if you keep doing well, then you keep like setting more and more goals. It's, you right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's part of uh, life and it's good to be challenged and all that stuff. But then the other is you fail and then you feel really bad. And what happens probably is if you're really good at achieving the goals, you feel a little good for a minute and then you're mm-hmm. like, ah, all right, next thing. But right. if you mm-hmm. fail, then, uh, and if you set your goals aggressive enough, you will fail uh, often, then mm-hmm. you're like, I failed and that hurts a lot more for a lot longer. <laughs> So I stopped. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I think, yeah, where we, where we do overlap is like, there's only so much we're willing to do Mm -hmm. to hit goals. Right. Like we have goals, but we're also like not going to do a job, you know, like there's stuff we're not willing to do. And there's stuff in my freelance life that I'm like, yeah, not doing it. I'm not doing it. And, um, if that's what it's going to take to hit 115 articles a month, like I'm not doing it. So there's, yeah, there's goals, but.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, as we, uh, finish here, are you adjusting any of the goals so that your life balance will be in the yeah. equilibrium?
1: I think I will just take off the timing goal to get through as many articles as I'd hope. Like I'd hope to do 400 by the end of June, I think is what I'd said, I'm not willing to do what that would take now that I've seen what that will take. So I think I'm going to keep going through that amount, but it may take me all year and that's fine.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I think it's important to like pivot and like change, especially mm-hmm. when they're arbitrary. <laughs> right. So,
1: and I've never outsourced this much of it. Like, I literally had no idea how it would go or where my time would go or how much I would cost to have someone do things for me. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Got it. Worth it. I really like having her.
0: <laughs> and it bought you a lot of time and you know, oh, about you me a ton to time. It. yeah. Yep. All right. Well, very cool. Um, anything else before we wrap it?
1: I don't think so. Uh, shout out to Marty, whose video I did watch about, declining traffic and approach to that. I found that really helpful this week. That was on my mind. So yeah, enjoyed that. Getting a lot out of other people's case studies.
0: Awesome. Another one to check out, um, by the time this airs, Lauren Hunter will have already been on the podcast like last week, I believe. And she had a site that Basically, she was selling direct ads. So it applies Uh pretty much to what you're talking about um, for the the pivots to pull in money. But she came from like a PR uh, Mm -hmm. side of it. So she was thinking about things completely differently than what we typically do.
1: So she was selling
0: direct direct ads and she had a a decent network to leverage um, early on. But you'll probably learn some things from that. So definitely check it out. And um, like I said, it should be out already by the time this airs. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll catch up with you next month. And uh, thanks. Cool. Thanks, Doug. Thanks a lot to Christy, of course. And we do catch up each month. It's kind of cool because you can go back and hear... All of the interviews in the past, plus the updates she has over on the Niche Site Project blog. And the cool part is you really get to follow along closely and sort of see the ups and downs in, in the business, which I think is absolutely normal and natural. There are different different things that could impact it. So, of course, we have algorithm updates. And as we've mentioned and alluded to through the series of interviews, Christy was kind of just on an upward trajectory the whole time for about three years straight. And finally, there's been a little bit of a kind of a dip. And, you know, you could track the charts and see over time, you know, one piece is some people are just not spending quite as much. And we've heard it across the industry a little bit, if you listen to some of these other interviews, but in the sort of first and second quarter of 2022, you know, we have inflation impacting things. There are, you know, world crises going on and other things that are impacting spending in general. So Christy mentioned, less revenue from Amazon. It could just be people are buying a little, a little bit less if it's not a critical piece of something that they need to buy. So they may be watching the dollar just a little bit more closely and they're just not spending quite as much. So there's always these kinds of things going on. There's always some volatility. So my point is it's great to see it in in real life to know that other people are experiencing it too. And you can see it, you know, I always uh, shit on the Facebook groups, but I mean, you can see it in Facebook groups where people are checking in like, hey, I'm seeing this on my side. Do other people see it as well? And, you know, without a doubt, there's always, you know, something going on with someone going uh, up and down in the External variables that they can't control, algorithm updates, competition, all these other factors. So anyway, it's cool to see Christy going through this uh, just so it's relatable. It's not cool to see someone's earnings be lower than what their expectations are, but it is totally natural when these things happen. Historically, there's always some churn going on. So hopefully we'll pull through. I mean, Christy's doing a lot of work, and the other thing that we saw again very relatable very common where things were going along really well if you check out some of the updates towards the end of last year she was like hey i really didn't do that much on the site and that could be you know what we're seeing right now also so if you if you look at the leading and lagging indicators of the work that we do on a content site if you don't do anything for several months you may feel that several months later and several months later you may actually be doing a lot of work at that point so it's kind of you know that that lagging indicator so i hope in a few months we'll see oh yeah traffic's picking up here this is you know clearly a good idea to publish more content and luckily that fits right into the wheelhouse of christy and her team so if you do have any questions. For us, for the next update, feedback at doug.show. Of course, you can leave comments over on the YouTube side as well, just in the comments there. If you have a success story of your own, I haven't called out for this recently, but if you have a success story, feel free to shoot me an email, feedback at show. Let me know what you are working on, the kind of success you're seeing. And even if it's small, sometimes people really want to wait until they're making like some huge amount of money per month, the most popular case studies and stories are usually under $2,000. Just so everyone knows, you can see this on the the uh, YouTube viewership and the number of views. But basically, there are a lot of people more on the beginner stage that haven't started or they're just getting going. So if you are earning like $1,000 or less or 2000 or less, like that is right where so many people are or if you're trying to go from 500 to 5,000 per month and you're kind of in in this sort of plateaued area people love to hear what you're working on even if you don't have a conclusion or result to share yet people want to hear what you're working on feedback at Show. let me know what you have going on and we'll catch you on the next episode